Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. This podcast is for you, and I welcome you to come as you are. There is no judgment here, just folks doing everything they can to stand in their power and show up every single day. So if you're looking for inspiration, welcome. If you're looking to level up or to make a change or you just need a minute, welcome. And if you're looking for some perspective on your circumstances, either personal or professional, well, that's my jam. No matter why you're here, I'm glad you are. And this message is for you. Welcome to my village. So let's dive into the topic for today. On the show this week, we are going to talk about why it is so hard to just lead why it is so hard to have real organizations that act in a manner that their values say they act, that their culture says they want. Why is that so hard? And this question is one of the reasons I do the work I do with the people I do it with. So I work with women business owners, in particular women business owners who who already have teams and who've already built seven-figure businesses or high six-figure businesses, not necessarily because just the revenue matters, but because the size of the team and the complexity at that level is where organization, people and strategy, right? Business strategy and people strategy start to collide um, at that level. And one of the reasons I work with them as I've coming into October, as I've been putting together some of the information that I am going to be posting for you guys, um, cause y'all are going to get sick of me that I'm posting for you guys to get really clear and help you guys be clear on how you work with me and why you work with me. And, and please note, I use guys just as a general term, not to marginalize anyone. How about y'all? Um, one of the reasons I work with the people I work with and have targeted the people I work with is because the beauty of working with these entrepreneurs is that these women have an opportunity to create the organizations that actually act like live up to what they say and who they say they are. Because that's what happens in corporations, right? They get so big and then all of a sudden they're touting all of these values and they're touting this culture and we have this great culture and you need to live in this culture and we need to, we have a culture of innovation. We have a culture of inclusion. We have all the things. And yet that person who is really smart or has been there for many, many years, who has really bad behavior stays and can do no wrong and is not moved away or moved out of leadership positions because heaven forbid you lose the institutional knowledge. So what you say you want and who you say you are are not connected to the actions. And why? Because it's hard. It's hard to acknowledge that there is a, an importance around how people behave, not just about what they know. It is hard to act in a way that aligns with your words for some people and especially for organizations. And it's hard because big, the bigger the company, the more focused they are on private equity support or shareholder support, right? They're more focused on shareholder value, stock price, all of those kind of things than focusing on 
the real assets that they have, which are the people inside the organization actually making the widget, doing the service, talking to the customers, right? And it's, it's easier to just do the thing that's the path of least resistance. It is easier to just tolerate bad behavior than it is to address it, because that's a difficult conversation, and even harder to act upon that and ensure that everyone knows that that behavior is not acceptable. Now, many of you will say, well, you know, you can't really call people out or, you know, you can't really say anything. And, and I've said this before, too. You can't tell the details of someone's discipline. Well, you shouldn't tell the details of someone's different discipline to the general population. But that doesn't mean you can act in a way that demonstrates what you will and will not tolerate in terms of behavior in an organization. Because people will listen to what you say, but they will believe what you do. And if what you do says, you know what, what's most important to us, what's most important to us is ensuring that the stock price is up. What's most important to us is ensuring that you know, these particular people maintain power and that I maintain power because these folks are influencers in the business or they have someone else's ear. So it's more important for me to keep these people happy than it is to do the right thing. That's where cultures collide. That's where you find that disconnect between what people say they want, who they say they are, and who they really are. That's where you begin to get that, that challenge around building and retaining your dream team because good people great people people who are willing to learn and develop and do the work who bring exceptional skills to the work on time are not going to tolerate being mistreated they're also not going to tolerate your tolerance of bad behavior why would they do that because there are so many options for them to do something different why would they allow themselves to continue to be put in a position where they're going to be mistreated. That just does not make any sense, right? So I work with folks who are in a position where they have decided, they've decided that the organization that they're building, the leader that they are, is more important than the feelings, reputation, perspective of that person who is misbehaving. When you think about how you are building your business, how you're building your department, how you are showing up as a leader, leaders do the hard things. Leaders can stand on their values and the values of the organization in which they are leading. Remember, leadership is about behavior, not about position. And leaders recognize when it is important, right, to call out in order to call in. When it's important to point out something that is unacceptable. When it's important to say, you know what? I know I'm the leader, but I totally missed that. I totally messed that up. I did not listen. I did not pay attention. And here's where we are, but here's what I'm going to do to fix it. Right? 
One of the things I was listening to, I told you guys this came um, to me or was solidified to me by some of the things I read and saw uh, on my drive to and from Odessa. Um, one of the things I, I was listening to was um, Rick Ross's book. I think it's like A Great Day to Boss Up, I think is the name of it. I'm going to get I'm going to get it wrong. I'll try to remember to post it. Um, but it's Rick Ross's book now. It's Rick Ross. So there's some foul language in it and he reads it. Um, but it's it's really good. And one of the things he talks about is one for him, everything is a long term play. Right. If it's short term, he's not doing it. Everything's a long term play but also that everything is aligned with his brand. So his, his house was a house that he bought in foreclosure from JP Morgan that used to belong to Evander Holyfield. And part of what he talks about is how one of the reasons that he believes Evander Holyfield in his expansion, because Rick Ross has multiple businesses, right? Multiple different lines of business. Yes, he's in the music business, but there's so many other things that are ancillary to that. He says, you know, that was the same thing that Evander Holyfield did, but the difference was some of the things that Evander Holyfield did did not align with who he was. So it wasn't necessarily something he was going to be able to sustain or bring people in and have them believe it, right? For the kind of human he was and the kind of character he had, for him to have gone into the, the music business with the artists that he brought in didn't make any sense. They were completely contrary to his belief system and his character, right? So that that whatever you do, really being one, a long-term play, but also really aligning with who you are is really important. Then I listened to some podcasts. Y'all know I love a good podcast, which is why I recommend you listen to the Rutledge Perspective podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Um, serious, shameless plug. <laughs> so um, the other podcast I listen to is Wisdom from the Top by Guy Raz. He also has um, How I Built This, but his newer one is Wisdom from the Top, where he interviews senior executives about various things. And so I listened to three over the weekend. One was um, Donald Arnold. I know I'm going to get his name wrong. Arnold Donald. Um, he is the former CEO of Carnival Cruise Lines. And then I listened to the former CEO and current chairman of Lego, which is a Danish company. And then I listened to one that was the senior VP of marketing for Peloton, who happens to be a Nigerian woman. And what the guy from Carnival said was when he took over the helm of Carnival, it was in a slide. Remember, they had a ship that had like sunk and was listing. I mean, all kinds of, this was pre-pandemic, all kinds of drama. And he said what he ended up doing in the very beginning was just listening. He listened a lot. In fact, he said, I listened, listened, and then listened some more. He said, because when you listen, the answers will show up. I've said that all the time. If you sit still and pay attention, you're observant and you listen, listen actively, right? The answers will show up. The solutions will show up. And that's what he did. He was able to build a really diverse team of folks. One of his, I think it was one of his senior VPs was someone who didn't even have a degree. Because for him, he's like, he's got the talent. He knows the business. Is the degree going to make him better able to do this job? No. But that his diversity of thinking enabled them to move in ways that they wouldn't have moved before. Right? So he listened actively. He paid attention to what people were telling him from the people that were cleaning the ships all the way through the captains of the ships and passengers. Because what he said was, in order for us to turn around this, this company and to turn around this industry, we've got to turn the media. Because it's the media that's taking it all down, that's blowing things out of proportion. Right. So that was the first one. Then I listened to, 
and I'm going to get, I'm going to switch them a little bit. I listened to the woman who was the, the VP of marketing, a uh, senior VP of marketing for Peloton. And what she talked about was, you know, it's really all about storytelling. How do you tell the story of what you're doing? How do you really understand what your client, and for those of you who are listening, what your team, what your company, what the people who are following you need? How do you understand and get really crystal clear on what it is they need and then tell the story around how you're filling that need? So how do you as a leader of a team, of a department, of an organization, understand what your clients need and your customers need, but understand that your people are also your clients and your customers? What do they need in order to get aligned with the goals and the objectives of the business so that they can execute upon those? It's not like you're trying to get everybody to like drink the Kool-Aid and be all bought in and you can do no wrong. That's not what you're trying to do. What you are trying to do is ensure that everyone who is there has enough clarity, has enough alignment so that even if their job is just their job, when they execute their job, they are executing it against a really clear understanding of the goals, the objectives, the values, and how their work fits into that. And they're bought into that. They're bought into doing their work on the way to the achievement of the goals of the organization because they see how their contribution ties to the success of the organization. And you have told a story about how their success, which ties to the success of the organization, then circles back around to increase their prosperity. Then hopefully your actions are actually doing that. That's wherein the problem lies, right? Because even that's why trickle down economics doesn't work because Yes, companies get more money, but they don't trickle it down to the employees. They trickle it over to shareholders. But that's a whole different conversation for a different day. So I listened to her talking about how, you know, leaders and especially entrepreneurs, right, really need to start thinking about what is that story you tell to get people bought in, to get them aligned, to address that thing that they really need. For Peloton, it was, you know, the pandemic locked everything down. And so, yes, they have these bikes and these bikes are incredibly expensive, kind of tying back to what... Um, the CEO of Carnival said the, the bikes are incredibly expensive. So even in the pandemic, when people were looking for stuff, it was like, I can't afford that bike. I really can't afford that bike. And she's like, you know, the story we had to start telling was, yes, you can. The bike is $49 a month. That's it. You can rent the bike now, right? So we tell the story of if you want the equipment, that's fine. But what we want is for you to be able to stay healthy. What we want is for you to be able to work out or do the things you want to do to get in touch with these 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 leaders you know who now become influencers right these coaches and trainers who are now people that everybody follows and guess what you don't even need equipment for it because we have changed our plan such that you can belong to peloton without a bike you can do yoga you don't need a bike for yoga you don't need a bike for yoga you don't need a bike for the strength training you can go buy a set of weights and still stay at home right you don't have to have the bike there are other ways that you can utilize peloton because at the end of the day the story that Peloton is saying is we want to be there with you and for you on your health journey, mental, physical, emotional, because see, they've got whole, the whole mindset and meditation piece too, right? So telling that story, listening to what people need and then telling the story, right? But even she said, why people don't do that? Because it's hard. It's hard to look at the data. It is hard to have data come back to you that says, y'all know what? This bike is not working. It is way too expensive. You're turning people off. It is hard to hear that when you've invested everything in that bike. And that bike is expensive to make because it's really high tech. It's not just a bike that's on the road, right? This is a high tech bike. Wi-Fi enabled all the things, right? 
So it's hard to hear that the thing that you've invested a lot of your money in is just not going to work except for a very small percentage of people. And yet your audience that you're going after is so much bigger. It's hard to look at the data that may be telling you something that you don't want to hear. That's why leaders, not great leaders. That's why some people who believe themselves to be leaders don't do the right thing because it's hard. Okay. So then the last person I listened to was the uh, now current chairman of Lego. He was formerly the CEO of Lego. He's the current chairman of Lego. And one of the things that he said, and I'm ending with this piece because it ties directly into this whole idea of, you know, why it's so hard and what we can do to make that different. He said, among other things, and y'all really need to go listen to this one. It's fascinating about how the, the Lego company started and all of that and what they're doing. But he said, you know, it's, it's not the process to think about who you want to be and then act upon it. The real process is to act such that your thinking begins to change. I was like, wait, what? It's so right. He's like, don't think your way to new action. Act your way to new thinking. Totally different perspective, which is so aligned with me, y'all. You know how I feel about different perspectives on stuff. Totally different perspective. It's about acting first and thinking later. Now, you know, you got to take everything in context and nothing in extremes. But it's such a different perspective, especially from a business perspective, right? And if you think about where Lego was going, there was a period of time where they were really having issues. Family-owned business, they had never had anyone who wasn't in the family that was a part of the business. When they did have somebody that was out, they started seeing all of these things that were happening that were just bad. I mean, Lego had some real hard times for a while because the folks that were in the business really weren't being transparent about what was going on, how much money was being spent, where it was being spent. And they had, and I can say this because it was in the podcast, you know, they had the banker showed up and said, you guys got to pay us back all this money tomorrow because you have not met your covenants. You have failed to meet the covenants. You have failed to meet the agreements now that we've uncovered all this information. So now you owe us back all your money, right? So they had to immediately start making a different play. How are they going to be cash focused? But how are they not going to lose what it was that's beautiful about Lego? You know, all of the, the childhood memories about Lego. And that's why, and I think they still have them. They had these um, creator events where they actually have people who grew up using Legos, and they're the ones that come help them design, right, new Lego things. Like he talked about one person here in the U.S. who said, you know what, you have a design problem with Lego. And of course, he was telling this to the CEO, and he's like, wait, what? And then the guy said, no, 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 I, let me show you. I, he drilled a hole in, this guy was an architect, drilled a hole in it, made some things malleable. He said, you need to come work for Logo. The guy now works for Logo, Logo Lego, right? So it's, it's, acting your way to a new way of thinking. Rick Ross said some of the same thing. His, his current uh, partnership in the spirits industry, and I cannot remember, you have to forgive me, I cannot remember the name of the, the spirit, but it's got a black bottle with a pink label. So that already got my attention. That's it. Black bottle with a pink label. Bel Air? Mm -hmm. Bel Air. And it's, it's a sparkling wine because it's not made in the region of Champagne, right? So, um, but he talked about how he met the guy who was running it. And he said, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'd love to partner with you. And the guy wasn't all over him, right? And this is when he was at the top of his game. Guy wasn't all over him about, yep, 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 let's do it. It took a while for them to do it. And he said, what I did is 
I acted. I acted on what I wanted to be. He said, so I started repping it everywhere. I started talking about it. When I went to shows, I was like, these are the bottles I want. This is, I, I was sending it to, to clients. I was sending it to family. I was sending it everywhere. I was acting like an ambassador for the brand before I even had a deal. Because I was acting into the mindset of being in partnership for this spirit. Masterful. Now he talks about manifestation. You guys, we've all talked about this whole, and I've talked about it before. I have a weird relationship with that word manifest, right? But his whole point was, if you want to do something, how do you act in a way that demonstrates that you're there already? Right. And people who, t who talk to you, really great people who've been successful will talk about acting in a way that is the thing. You know, Rachel Rogers, who's my coach now, talks about that now. Right. Living into that million dollar vision. Act like who you are becoming. Be her now is what she says. A whole exercise and be her now. What can you do now that represents the her you're becoming? the entrepreneur you're becoming, the leader you're becoming. What can you do now in your business, in your organization, in your team, right? In your department that you're leading. What can you do now that looks like the leader you're becoming, that looks like the place you're going? What can you do now to make that happen? Because that's what keeps it from being so hard. We look at the changes we have to make on these big grand scales and we don't have to make them, we don't have to make the changes that big. We don't have to make the changes that big, but we have to make a change, right? We have to figure out a way to move more steadily into aligning what we say we want with how we act. What makes it difficult is one, we're not always clear on what we really want, two, Sometimes we don't recognize the difficulty in getting down that road. And three, we're not always willing to do what it takes to make it happen, right? I've got this quote, I was looking at it this morning, this tape to the side of my computer screen that says, don't be mad at the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do. And every time I read it, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> every single time I read it, it hurts my feelings because there's always something we still have left to do. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and for connecting. You can find previous episodes of the podcast on my website at laurelrutledge.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me on social media at Laurel K. Rutledge and or the Rutledge Perspective. And I'd love your perspective on the things we talk about. And if there's a specific topic you want me to cover, just let me know. And please share this podcast with someone in your village who may need this little piece of perspective today. And if you're so inclined, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on the platform of your choice. Apple Podcasts and Spotify reviews are particularly helpful. Thank you again for listening. Take care.